listening to Double Exposure with Sophia Lemon and Petro, a photography podcast on both the creative aspects and business side of photography. Join the conversation now on Facebook at Double Exposure Show Group. And here's Petro and Sophia. And we're back. This is Petro with Sophia Lemon on the Double Exposure Show. You can find the show notes for this episode on doubleexposure.show slash episode slash 43. And you can join our community on Facebook on the Double Exposure Show group. We want to see all of you there. If you're listening to this and you haven't joined the group, you should. I was going to call you a bad name, but I figured you might just stop listening. So that wouldn't be cool. Um, Today we're talking about what motivates us what motivates us to get up in the morning and do this and not just this but uh i guess photography in general yeah are you eating yeah <laughs> i i might be <laughs> <laughs> yep um yeah so on that note <laughs> what's new sophia <laughs> um we have some more reviews finally I feel like this is off to an awkward start. So I'm just going to tell everyone, Petro screwed up. And we are now re-recording three minutes of content because he chose the wrong microphone. I know. Sorry, sorry, not sorry. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I'm just going to go ahead and read our new reviews on iTunes. (laughs) (laughs) This should have given you the chance to practice people's names. I know, right? But uh, it didn't. So whatever. (laughs) So like I said in the original recording of this three minutes, (laughs) um, Drewbert didn't have a whole lot to say, but I like what Drewbert had to say. So I'm going to go ahead and say it. So Drewbert says five stars. And I love that. Thank you, Drewbert. Yep. Thank you, Drewbert. Um, what? Go ahead. He now he now wins the ratings because he gave us ten stars. True. That was very true. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, Nathan says, "Great podcast. I learned something new with each one." Lamboda or something <laughs> says, "So I opened one and then a second. Two hours later, I'm still entranced. Very cool way <laughs> to view your world." <clears throat> and then. Dr. Helm Richards, <laughs> I, don't, I have no idea how to pronounce your name, but that's what I'm going with, says, Petro's podcast is chock full of fascinating insights and outstanding professional guidance in the world of photography and business. I feel like I should be paying for all the wisdom I receive with every episode, but iTunes doesn't make me, so more coffee and beard oil for me. Keep up the great work, guys. <laughs> I'm writing down a note. Figure out how to pay... For iTunes podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dr. Richards, so. you could just pay us directly if you would like. <laughs> mm. Send it to 123 Any Street, Petra and Sophia. <laughs> Petra, Petra and Sophia's podcast. Let's face it. It's it's not just Petra's podcast. Yeah, but, for reals, people. But, but you, you know when you go to somebody's house and you're friends with one of the two people who live there? Yeah. You know? You kind of say, yeah, I'm going to John's house. So what you're saying is you're friends with Dr. Helm Richards. I may be. I'm not even sure who it is. Oh, I was going to ask you how you pronounce his name. I don't. I honestly don't. Or know. her I, name. Oh, her name. no. I, <laughs> I don't you know. You just, yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I the might student be a became person. the teacher. Yeah. 
I mean, what? That's not what. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not from this country, <laughs> which is a fact. I mean, a lot of people didn't know this, but I celebrated 25 years in Canada back in May. Mm-hmm. Um, prior to that, I did not speak much English at all. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I didn't speak English at all. I had to learn English from scratch when I moved here. From scratch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right? So I'm still learning. <laughs> um, for a while, I actually had a hard time pronouncing certain words, and uh, some of my friends made sure to let me know that by pointing and laughing. Aww. And, uh, for example, uh, I had a really hard time saying uh, cops or cups. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, if if somebody was in trouble, I would probably uh, yell something like, call the cops. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're a weirdo. Yeah. Or, I know, yeah, right. Or would you like a cup of coffee? <laughs> <laughs> so it, it was it was that and there was a couple other words I had a little bit of a speech impediment with. But you know what? Um, I think I'm doing okay. So... I'm, I won't I won't dwell on that. Well, recently I have realized that sometimes I skip entire words in sentences. It's true, you do. I do. <laughs> I'm just my brain's moving too fast, and I'll skip a word, <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I pick up on it halfway through the sentence, and I'm like fudge balls, and I have to go back, <laughs> or I just keep going with it, and I'm like ah, I hope no one noticed. <laughs> now let me ask you a question. Yes. Do the do fudge balls exist? Like, oh, is that yeah, something that can? If if I, you make fudge balls, please send them to one two three what street? Any street. Any street. Petra and Sophia's podcast. I would like fudge balls. <laughs> yeah. Um, you are what you eat. So, no. Um, <laughs> so what's new? Um, I have some photography news, I guess, and also baseball news. <laughs> Today in baseball games. <laughs> I had a tournament on the weekend and we won. And I, it was like a ladies tournament, but there was also co-ed happening at the same time. And I'm pretty sure that I hit farther than the boys in the co-ed tournament. Nice. That's right. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then... <laughs> I have a tournament again this weekend, and I have a tournament next weekend, and I have a tournament the weekend after... No, wait, I don't have a tournament the weekend after that, but I might go watch some baseball. But then I have a tournament the weekend after that. So how do you find time for photography? Well, I don't want to shoot on weekends other than weddings. Um, and so I have weekends free. So And I shoot like family sessions weekday evenings. So I have my ball schedule for the season, and then I just book family sessions around that. And I am yet to run into an issue where the family is, like, not free on one of the several weekday evenings right. that I'm free, right? Like, it's never an issue. Hmm. Um, I was saying to someone this morning, like, my ideal number of weddings is, like, 8 to 12 a season, because <laughs> I don't mm-hmm. want to shoot, um, like... 23, 27 weddings a year. That's a heck of a lot of work. So I said I had some photography news. I am starting to book more of my ideal client. And by that, I mean people who are investing like $1,000 upfront in their session and Mm -hmm. like 3,000 in prints. 
So mm-hmm. I have, I just had a family, like a sales session a couple weeks ago where the family spent $3,000. And then there, I've quoted them on more artwork that they want to get in the near future. And then that does also doesn't include their session fee. So I am doing family sessions that are bringing in more money than some of my wedding clients. And guess what? No. The family sessions, when they're paying that much money, are infinitely less work than shooting a wedding. Like, it's amazing to me. So I'm kind of enjoying this. I'm kind of liking the idea of shooting more wedding sessions like this and just making that much money. And it's so much less work. (laughs) Well, it's so true. You, you do have to become a little bit of a salesperson and I, and I don't mean like a sleazy used car salesperson tactic. I mean, you have to be able to kind of stand behind your product and be confident about it. So what literally what we've been talking about for the last 42 episodes. Yeah. Be confident. Are you still eating? Um, (laughs) (coughs) No, I'm now choking. So Mm. I'm looking for, I'm trying to go ahead. I'm trying to say say something, and then the, the crumbs from the toast are like <laughs> hanging out in my throat still. Oh, and, no. oh it's good times. But well, do you have more um, to say? Well, speaking of the number of weddings, there's this stigma in the industry that if you don't shoot a lot of weddings, oh. it's like you're not a professional. No, you know, but it's, it's like oh well, this person only shoots like ten weddings a year. Well, this person shoots fifty. Well, the person there, there's a really good chance that the person shooting fifty weddings a year is charging. X amount, and then they're moving on to the next wedding yeah. and moving on to the yeah. next wedding. And guess um, guess what the other thing is? Those are wedding photographers. They're not working with those people after they shoot their wedding. Like, that's it. It's yeah. like wedding yeah, and, and then never communicate again. No, if, that, if you want all of your weekends to be full for the rest of your life, mm-hmm. sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, you can make really good money. And if you really love doing it, I, I do encourage it because I'm not going to be the one sitting here saying, that's not how you do it. No, no. Um, but... I do have to agree with you and you know, like that's kind of, it's very close to our business model. We, we do try to sell a lot of product. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, it, it's, it's a perpetual, uh, silent salesperson when people hang the artwork yep, in their home exactly. and it, it sells you for them to other people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, in addition, it is less work. It's, it's, uh, it's a little bit more rewarding having more weekends free, et cetera. Yep. Um, I did an average, uh, of, uh, product purchased and it was uh, $800 for, um, the past five years for us. So every client has purchased at least $800 of product. Yeah. Now there's, I'd say maybe a third of my clients do not purchase any product at all. Yep. Um, but then there are some clients who do buy, you know, $2,500, uh, worth of prints, mm-hmm. uh, or canvases. So that's that's why the it averages things out but those are the better clients because i personally i do i do love shooting but i personally just want to work as much as possible on getting uh the biggest uh hi tank <laughs> uh the biggest amount of revenue from a single client right yeah. and and that doesn't mean that i'm a greedy bastard and all i think about is money it's just that i want to work efficiently yeah. right we we talk about working efficiently time management etc cetera, etc cetera, so Absolutely. Well, this and like it's, this client that spent three thousand dollars on prints so far. Like, I took, uh, I think I took like I, I must have taken like five hundred photos in an hour, and okay. 
So that's an hour of shooting, 500 photos. I think I sent them like 200 and some. So it was like a really reasonably large family group. And I liked their photos, so I had a lot of difficulty narrowing it down. So I probably sent them like 200 photos, and then I did the sales session, and they picked a lot of overlapping photos. So I only have to edit each of those prints once, right? (laughs) And so all I had to do was color correct the photos, send them to them. They picked their favorites. We did the sales session. I edit each each of those photos if the photo requires editing. I think there's only like one photo that actually requires editing. And then I order the prints. Like, the amount of work that I have to put into this family session in comparison to a wedding is, like, so much less. I'm really enjoying that. Absolutely. It's very minimal. I'm really, really enjoying, like, being able to go play ball on weekends and see Mm -hmm. my friends and be social when I want to be social because I don't always want to be social. But you know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, yeah, it's hard to stay motivated otherwise right oh are we segueing already or or do you want to talk no about yes and no stuff? yeah we're, we're we're dropping hands <laughs> but but really this this show is so unscripted that we don't even need to segue this this all of this relates to the bottom line right yeah, true. well and um, i had a meeting with this woman in the owen sound area that i've been hanging out with lately this morning and we're kind of doing like a little mastermind thing just talking to each other about business stuff and she gave me some like really cool ideas for new areas to market in um which i liked a Mm. lot um like farmers markets which around here there's a lot of them and like if i go to the right community the people who are attending the farmers market are people from out of town who like want to buy local and want to spend money on that stuff and like I thought about it for a second and I was like you know what a farmer's market is like a great place for my product and like no photographers do that and can you imagine going to a farmer's market like every weekend like I'm gonna meet the same people over and over and over again that's like really good really really good exposure for those people Hmm. because that gives them a chance to talk to me every week or if I do it once a month or whatever Like, it's a reasonably social thing. People are going to spend money and Mm -hmm. they're not inundated with 70 billion different photographers. (laughs) I'm really curious how it's going to work. I know. I I want feedback. So do I. (laughs) I'll need need to order some (laughs) new canvases from you. (laughs) I was going to say, well, and that's the beauty part of your order, right? Is that you're not working on all of that product either. You're going to edit the photos. You're going to send them to me. I'll print them. I'll send them to you. Yeah, sure. You collect, you collect the money, right? Yep. I'm so. enjoying it very much. Yeah. Leaves a lot of time for life. Uh, which is important to me. That is why I decided to go into business because I am not one of those people who can be told what to do all the time. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, I noticed. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it when people tell me what to do. I, when I worked full time in an office, I did not like working all day, going home, eating, getting ready for the next day and then going to bed. I didn't like having to run all of my errands on the weekends. And I didn't like having, I got five days of vacation a year, I think. So I could take one week off of work, hmm. <laughs> basically. Yeah, and that, either consecutively or break it up or something. So I, yeah, that's no I was working most of the year, which I think is outrageous. I get that we don't live in like Sweden where you enjoy life more than you work, but... Mm-hmm. I think it. I think it's crazy that people work to live instead of 
like working to support their lifestyle while they mm-hmm. enjoy their lifestyle most of the time. <clears throat> so a lot of it has to do with uh, a kind of poor decisions we make because yeah, really. Um, I um, let's bu- let's buy might... a house that's too big for us and then be exactly. paying it off all the time. <laughs> Sorry. And that, no, it's, it, yeah, sorry if you're listening to us and your house is too big for you. Uh. I get it. I get it why people feel like they have to do it that way. I totally get it because that's pretty much what we've created. You know what I think it is? I think three quarters of it has to do with just uh, the environment that you're in. Kind of like um, not being happy with what you have. And uh, when either a family member or a friend or just a neighbor down the street gets gets a new truck, you have this kind of feeling like you need to get a new truck or you're, you don't necessarily, uh, qualify to even live in that neighborhood or whatever, Uh, you know, um, what was that movie called? Um, keeping up with the Joneses or something. Um, (laughs) it's, you know, where the, the family of four, they're not even related. They actually are, uh, they move into a new neighborhood and end up selling, uh, their lifestyle to all the people. And their next door neighbor ends up buying everything on credit to the point where he can't even keep up. And then yeah. he drowns himself in the pool, you know, like yep. the it, it's it is a movie. But uh, believe it or not, um, there I know of people whose uh, um, relatives have done that um, yeah, in uh, in Chatham, in Ontario. Uh, there was a truck plant um, called Navistar International. They manufactured um uh, uh, semi-trucks and there was a lot of people who were just convinced that that's <laughs> that money um is going to be there forever and then when the truck plant closed and the production was sent off to mexico a lot of people lost their lives uh boats houses you know everything cars um and then there was a couple of people who took their own life because they just you know leaving behind three kids yeah. uh, whatever and it and it's it is really sad but um it, we, we we're kind of in that disposable um, uh, uh, society where um, we don't, uh, you know, we have a hard time buying a used car. Uh, when we uh, move into a home, um, we don't repurpose. repurpose. <laughs> I can't even say that repurpose or uh, reuse uh, things. Um, you know, sometimes you can make do with what you have but a lot of times people are like oh new house new furniture new everything yeah and it's one thing if you um are well off and you have the money uh but it's another thing when you are completely exhausting your credit yeah excuse me so yeah i'm with you on that and um (sighs) like the the interest rate just went up a couple of points um and uh like like a tenth of a percent or whatever and i already have uh people in my kind of close circle of uh acquaintances freaking out about it and i have to say that if you are panicking over a quarter of a percent hike in rates you need to downsize (laughs) um you may not some of you might not know this, but I work really closely with a car dealership uh, due to the fact that my position uh, with Ford and I'm not going to get into it too much, but um, I uh, I see a lot of sales happening in a in in Ford industry, in the car industry, especially with a Ford brand. And there are some people who come in who are buying a sixty thousand dollar truck, and they're 
barely qualifying for it, you know, and they're yep. they're getting payments to be like three hundred and fifty dollars biweekly for the next seven years. <laughs> and um, the, the funny thing is, they don't they don't even need a truck. They they could totally get away with a like a smaller SUV, like an Escape, and pay half the money. Do they even need an <clears> Escape? <throat> like, um, it it really depends on. Uh, what what you're doing, I guess. <laughs> I mean, um, no, technically not. Uh, but you know, if you have two kids and a lot of them play sports and you have big bags, you can still fit them into like a Ford Focus. Yeah. You know, there's no excuse to have to go big. Um, one thing, uh, if you do, if you are going to put a bike rack on the back of an Escape and uh, like a roof rack and go camping and maybe tow a small trailer, okay, I get it. But don't get a an SUV that's ten thousand dollars more than a mm-hmm. car, just because you want to put a bike rack on the back. <clears throat> you, know I, so. you know what I really want to do? What would be like a fun, enjoyable lifestyle for me is I would really kind of like to get a tiny house or build a tiny house and mm-hmm. plop it somewhere. <laughs> I am not saying like living without electricity and plumbing and stuff. Like I'd like a tiny house with like a washroom and a shower and like. Uh, like washer dryer combo kind of thing um, but I'd like to have like access to a well and like septic system and electricity mm-hmm. but I don't need a three bedroom house <laughs> <clears throat> I have I yeah. have no need for that and if I have electricity and internet then I can even do my work in a tiny house like mm-hmm. um but that would the be thing is, that would be like ideal lifestyle for me because I would like to live outside, and I have seen because I follow a bunch of tiny house stuff online. I've seen where like <laughs> families have their three kids in a tiny house, and people are like, "Oh my god, what's wrong with you? Like, where do your kids sleep? Well, they sleep they like they have a comfortable place to sleep. It's not like five year olds need to have their own bedrooms. Like we've kind of." created this monster yes. of a lifestyle where everyone needs to have their own bedroom they need to have their own private Absolutely. space inside of a house and <laughs> it needs to be well, a huge house it, uh, surrounded by a bunch of other huge houses that look exactly the same uh, i don't know i live uh, in a small community that's actually known for having extraordinary homes mm-hmm. so when i tell people i live in kamoka they are automatically kind of go like, oh, yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> and, it, and it's like, well, you don't know <laughs> how much I paid for my house. Yeah. I did not pay a lot. We didn't even pay 300000 So, yeah. no, that seems like a lot of money to some people, but there's two of us who were adults with incomes, and we didn't go above our means. We instead bought a, a home that had half an acre lot that – is perfect for us and our dog and our future, well, our current daughter, mm-hmm. uh, our, our future teenager who may want the use of future a backyard for future for, mobile for daughter. <laughs> exactly. So uh, we're kind of thinking in the future, um, the homes across the street from me are double the price of my house yeah. with quarter of the yard. And <laughs> I'm not even kidding. And down the street, down the road from us, there is a big sign, you know, those commercial signs that they say home starting from. Yep. It literally says home starting from low 800s, <laughs> like 800,000s. Oh, my God. So 
I feel good about living in this neighborhood because it's going to be a little, hopefully it's going to be a little bit more secure. It's going to be surrounded by better people, mm-hmm. you know. Have you? I don't feel like. Go ahead. I, I don't feel like I'm in uh, like um, the, on the east side of LA, LA somewhere where there's gangbangers everywhere. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, I have to lock my doors as soon as I get out of the car into the house or yeah. something. I feel I feel fairly safe here. But um, that aside, um, I've I've seen firsthand. I, I have built a brand new house, and it was too big for us. Yeah. There was two of us, and we had three bedrooms, uh, two living rooms. Uh, the only thing I miss about that house is the double car garage <laughs> and a big basement that I kind of used has half of my workshop. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> but uh, currently I'm sitting and recording this in my home office that is now in the same room as my laundry room. So uh, my laundry room is about uh, seven feet wide by, let's say, 18 feet long. It's a big laundry Um, room. It it is. It's long and skinny. And half of it is occupied by washer dryer and a small chest freezer where we keep all of the dog food Mm -hmm. (laughs) because our dog is spoiled and he eats raw. Yep. And the other half is my desk, a shelf with all the shipping supplies and papers and rolls of papers. And behind me is my uh, big printer, which I have moved to my home office now mm-hmm. um, from the studio. So I don't have to drive half an hour, right? Because I'm, I'm yeah. changing my priorities. I, yeah. um, you know, and so having said that, I'm sitting in a very cramped, very tight space in my laundry room. <laughs> And I'm okay sharing that. I'm okay telling people that this is my home office. This is where I do my podcast. This is where I make my living. And I don't need a separate office. I don't need to, you know, and, but some people do, and I encourage that. If you need a room to, to work better, go for it. I love this. I, I'm a, I'm, I'm, I too am a fan of like small cramped spaces. Um, I like, I like the cozy feel of Mm. things. So, but you're also reasonably social, so you probably like that Hannah's coming in and out, and she's like right around the corner, and you can yell at her. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, and, I, and I did earlier. Hannah, turn off my light. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the only reason I did that is because it's hard to get out and like untether myself. I have headphones yeah. on and everything, right? So, and she was just in the kitchen, which yeah. is attached to the laundry room. See, f- um, for me, I want to be able to like. I mean, I need the place to sleep and like have my stuff I don't need a lot of stuff but I want to be able to like hop in my car and go biking or go to a trail and go hiking um I don't need a lot of space and I'm finding that if you have space you end up collecting things yes like hoarding things and I don't want that (laughs) and as somebody who has like a hobby job uh, a career you know in photography and education um, and uh, two other sort of businesses, where, one where we have an income property where, you know, we have a house that we rent out to tenants. Um, and then second ones where I do woodworking and build guitars. Mm-hmm. I accumulate a lot of tools, a lot of tools. I barely have space for them and I need all of them and I use all of them. And, you know, recently I just bought another one too and I bought a drum sander and I could barely fit it in the garage and I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to need a bigger space. Oh no. And I'm I'm <laughs> racking my brain what to do, right? And instead what I'm going to do is I'm going to make a lot of things convertible. 
Yeah. So um, right now I have um, a spindle sander sitting on in the middle of the garage on a tool stand. Well, I'm going to make a shelf for it and put it away. And when I need to use it, I'll put it on a, like a convertible table because I only use it once a month or so. Mm-hmm. So I don't need it to take four square feet of my garage, right? So, um, I, and I'm okay with that. Like where it would be very convenient to just have a spot for it. I now uh, introduced an extra three steps where I have to take it, slide the shelf out, take it off the shelf, put it on the table, run an extension cord, plug it in, or you know, and it's it's totally okay. But we we do tend to take shortcuts and make make excuses for things. But I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that we like to accumulate things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. People are nothing but just like overgrown, very intelligent magpies. <laughs> we like to collect things and yeah. steal things. And um, but you know, and if you if you're listening to us and you're like, "What the freaking hell are you talking about? What does this have to do with today's topic?" Yeah. Um, well, a, a lot. I think I think the fact is that uh, probably eighty percent of new businesses, especially photography businesses, are going to um if they if they make it past the first year they're going to last uh from three to five years at the most and what happens is um you as the business owner as a photographer as a whatever creative you tend to overwork yourself and you tend to burn yourself out Mm -hmm. and a lot of it has to do with the fact that uh the reason why we overwork ourselves is because we take on too much and we tend to have to work on it until it's done because there's something else that's waiting for us right and we do this because we have a 25 year mortgage on a house we could barely afford we have seven year payments on a truck we don't need um we have credit card bills we have this and that and you know expensive shoe habits and clothing habits etc um as somebody like myself i have about four different revenue streams um, through, through the income property, through my uh, photography, and then through any marketing and uh, advisory roles, as well as education. So I do have four income streams. Um, Hannah calls them my hobby jobs, because at the end of the day, photography, my business is, is, is what I call my day job. Mm-hmm. And how I find motivation for it is I keep it to a limited amount of hours every week. That means that I do have, though though not set hours, because I do love the flexibility. And just like you were talking about earlier, not having to report to anybody, mm-hmm. not only having two weeks of, of or one week of vacation. Um, I do love the flexibility that affords me to spend time with Hannah, to spend time with Mia, even spend time with Tank. Well, you, um, even even when I was working at the full time job, like the longer you work there, the more vacation days you get. So people who had been there for twenty five years would get six weeks of vacation a year, and mm-hmm. even that I find outrageous. I find it outrageous <laughs> that you at the beginning of the year have to book your vacation days with your job. You have to say, "Can I take these dates off mm-hmm. so that I can enjoy my life and then come back and work for you?" Like five out of six days a week hmm. i just i that so, whole well, thing and irritates me <laughs> <laughs> and i find well i find we uh, especially people who get into business right away uh, there is a little bit of um addicting um 
uh, addictive ingredient in this in, in 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 having a new business and it's uh, like working for yourself it's like crack we really do get addicted to it and we want to just do it all the time that's a good I thing i have that is a good thing however like any addiction to crack mm-hmm. <laughs> or any substance like that it's going to wear you out oh, for it's sure. going to it's going to eventually kill you so you know what's uh, what's your advice? Do you have do you have something that you indulge on, like maybe chocolate or <laughs> soft drinks or alcohol? <clears throat> is there something is there something for you, Sophia? Well, I play baseball, obviously. Well, that's not bad for you. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, food. Like I like food, but you also need food. I don't know. Okay, well, <laughs> I I like sugar. Okay, okay. I. I sugary substances so for me um chocolate amazing chocolate bars Mm -hmm. even better um soft drinks with sugar Mm, like if you put a a blue can of uh soft drink in front of me soda for all you americanos um if if i had a can of pepsi right now i would drink it Hmm. um because i love the taste and and it's not necessarily the caffeine and the sugar the caffeine it's the sugar Mm -hmm. Uh, i do know that i have a sweet tooth so uh, you know, I'll enjoy donuts, uh, but I do love all food. And so if I had way too much of it, I'd probably be 600 pounds and, uh, you know, with type 100 diabetes <laughs> <laughs> or 100 types of diabetes. Yeah. And, um, there's, there's something wrong with that, right? Uh, too much of a good thing is bad for you. Yep. But, but I, I, I realize that it, when people say too much of a good thing, they don't really know what they're talking about. They're full mm-hmm. of shit because, the problem is we say too much of a good thing, but reality is it's too much of a thing that you think is good, too much of something that you love. Just like your job, your career, your new business, you might perceive as a good thing. At the end of the day, it's still work. <laughs> it's still a time-consuming machine that's going to drain you from from your energy and drain your resources, and it's going you. By the time you realize it, you're going to you're going to feel like you blinked and five years went by. Mm-hmm. So what's going to happen then is you're going to lose your motivation. You're going to stop wanting to go to work. You're going to stop wanting to do things yep. um, <clears throat> unless your motivation is money, which, you know, to some people is. And of course, the more you work, the more you have. But if all you do is work, you're going to find that you could have a hard time spending this money on things that make you happy. And instead, you're going to spend money on material things that you yeah. can afford at the time that only make you happy for a short period of time. <laughs> um, right? Yeah. So <clears throat> we wanted to talk a little bit about like things that keep us motivated. Like, yeah. And for me, you know what I wrote down? I made a, some notes before we started. So I wrote down like baseball and fitness. I wrote down mm-hmm. anxiety and depression. And I wrote down having a leisure lifestyle. And what I just realized just now is that for me, that means that I want to feel good. So um, I think I'm pretty lucky because going through college and university, I kind of discovered what it feels like to not feel good and I mean Mm -hmm. like emotionally and physically so as I've said before I probably experienced a lot of anxiety and depression while I was in university and I was in a shitty relationship for a while there and it just felt bad like all around like my body felt bad I didn't want to get out of bed I skipped most of my classes 
in university. <laughs> like I probably <laughs> wow. skipped more classes than I went to altogether. <laughs> um, I did not. I did not know that. Yeah. I think I was on the phone with you one day and I was like crying and I was like, um, I was nervous about this one class because I was like, I'm going mm -hmm. to fail because I have not been to any of the classes. <laughs> mm, I do remember that. And then I did not fail somehow. <laughs> what did I tell you to do? Oh, you were I, just I'm like, sure I, would... I don't even remember. You were probably just like, oh, this call, like, it doesn't matter. Like, <laughs> it's just a class. <laughs> Come down, Sophia. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think that's what you sounded like. But I was Stop like, crying. I was completely useless. I mean, I made it to school. I passed all of my classes. I don't know how. Um, I finished. and. <laughs> well, it, you know what? Sometimes doing the bare minimum will get you a passing grade oh in school. Oh, my goodness. I don't know how people failed out of university because <laughs> I put so little effort into it. I don't know how I passed. Um but it just felt so terrible. And then my last year of university, I still skipped a lot of class, but I started going to the gym. And mm -hmm. um, like my attitude changed a lot. And then by the time I got out of university, like I felt so much better. <laughs> and at this point, I just like doing things that make me feel good. So playing baseball, mm -hmm. going to the gym makes me feel good because I work out all of that crap i like i'm pretty lucky that uh, there's a family history of mental illness but i don't experience so many messed up hormones that i cannot function so mm -hmm. i definitely experience anxiety and depression however i am aware when it's happening so all i have to do is be like chill it'll pass um yep. i would not want to be someone who experiences it to such a degree that you literally cannot get out of bed in the morning. That would not be enjoyable for me at all. Um, but yeah, exercising for me takes a lot of that away. Um, and yeah, like doing the job that I do, I, yeah, I have to show up to sessions and stuff, but then the rest of the time I can do my writing at Starbucks or at a friend's house or in mm -hmm. my office. I can do it in my pajamas. Um. <laughs> I'm wearing uh, a swimsuit right now. <laughs> because when we're done, I am going to go outside and uh, turn the sprinkler on and throw the ball with my dog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm already ready for that. That's nice. Yeah, so. <laughs> but like, this is the stuff that keeps me motivated. I am like super lucky that I am motivated to do things because they make me feel good because I knew what it was like to feel bad and I don't want to feel bad so I'm motivated to feel good and by that I mean physically and emotionally like not like oh my god chocolate is delicious feel good but like mm -hmm. I want to feel alert and awake and productive during the day so right I know that sounds like overly simple and probably like idealistic, but it's, it's funny, but it really does. And it takes a really long time to realize it. Um, rather, it doesn't take a long time to realize it. It takes a long time to implement it. Yeah. And at first I thought it might have been confidence, but uh, it comes down to fear. Yeah. <clears throat> you so, don't want to feel bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, like I eat terrible food and I have no interest in being like um, a bodybuilder type. 
because I, I there's no way that I'm going to turn down a chocolate cupcake. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> or if there's poutine in front of me, I'm going to flip and eat it. Like that stuff is delicious and I want to enjoy eating poutine. But I don't want to eat what I did before and then feel like crap all the time. Like I want to eat poutine and then the next day like feel pretty good and be able to get back at life. <laughs> well, to tell you the truth, the food triggers certain uh, hormonal responses and releases uh, endorphins and chemicals. And um, yeah. that's, but if you th eat that's, that's what makes you feel good. That's why people overeat because a lot of people are stress eaters. So anytime they're depressed, anytime, you know, that this, they, they do eat. The problem is they do nothing else. But the funny um, thing is with the food is that if you're not getting the right nutrients for a long enough period of time, then your body sort of starts to shut down. So if I have a yes. chocolate cupcake, I feel good after having a chocolate cupcake. If you eat chocolate cupcakes all the time and you're not having vegetables or protein, <laughs> then if you, if you just eat the chocolate cupcakes, you still feel bad afterward. And then guess what? You eat another chocolate cupcake because you're like, another one will make me feel better. <laughs> it's a vicious another cycle. one will make me feel better. Another <laughs> one will make me feel better. And then you never feel better. So you, like, you need to, I hate that like, um, moderation is, or whatever it's the fat it is. bastard problem, yeah, right? Like, from <laughs> Doctor, from a rather Austin Powers. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm fat because I eat, and I eat because I'm fat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I was gonna say like a, a few things that I do to make sure that I am motivated, and one of them is eat well and exercise. I mm -hmm. had a wicked headache yesterday, like a terrible headache, and I was tired and groggy, and it was all my fault because I stayed up late Saturday night. I stayed up late Sunday night. And then I drove to Owen Sound and I went to the gym and then I crashed. I came home and I slept for like two hours and then I felt like shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I felt like crap yesterday. And then I went for a long ass walk for my, with my friend and we walked nine kilometers halfway through. We were both like, oh my God, we're going to die. Like, <laughs> and when we finished, we felt fantastic. Nice. So... I, like for me, the things that help me stay motivated are like get exercise and eat well. I mean, obviously I've said these two things before, um, but they really, really go a long way to <laughs> help keep you motivated because you're more likely to be productive and motivated if you're yeah, mental yeah, alertness, if you're taking um, yeah. care of yourself. And then I have other things, but I don't know if you wanted to talk about this more or if you had other stuff. Um, no, go ahead. Um, so just like a few tips for feeling a bit more motivated and this, um, help these things help me and they're not really like big things, but like clean up, like mm -hmm. I will procrastinate. I don't want to do stuff and I'll find myself cleaning up and I find that once I get everything cleaned up, then I feel like I am able to get other things done. Um, like there's so much more room in my brain when everything is tidy. <laughs> yep. Um, or it's like that thing, you know, when, you know, you're dating someone and you're not really into them, but you don't want to hurt your, their feelings. So, so you are just go with it, but it's like really uncomfortable and you're not enjoying yourself. And then finally you're like, ugh. I can't do this anymore. And you like tell them or yep. 
you're dating someone and you're sensing. You tell them and they're like, oh my goodness, I've been feeling like this for a year. Why didn't we do this earlier? <laughs> well, that's the thing. <laughs> we we or, hate each other. Yeah, or, or you're dating someone and you like them, but it's it feels uncomfortable for some reason. Like you think there's something wrong. And then finally they tell you that they don't want to date you anymore. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You ever notice after that, you're like, oh my God, like that sucked. But fuck, I feel good now. <laughs> Yes. Like it's like cleaning up your brain. Like, okay, that's dealt with and it's over. So the next thing is don't procrastinate, Mm -hmm. which is easier said than done. But do you know how good you'll feel after you finish that task that has been on your list forever? (laughs) And it's probably a small little task, like call this client and you're just procrastinating. You're not calling. If you're the type of person who needs to make lists, by making lists and crossing things off the list has been scientifically proven (laughs) to release the, the, the good hormones and stimulate the good feels in your body. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm losing my train of thought or I'm the, the, exactly the words I'm trying to say. My vocabulary is being limited by other things. <laughs> but um, I, I, I shit you not, <laughs> making lists and crossing things off the list um, makes you feel happier. It feels so like good. It's, it, it's scientifically proven that it actually releases like serotonin or whatever it yep. is in your brain and and you you feel good. Yeah. Um, so staying motivated is difficult because uh, what happens is <clears throat> sometimes when we make these lists or when we have a mental list of like 10 Ugh. or 20 things we need to do, what happens is anxiety and panic sets in. Yep. And I may not have shared this with uh, you on the podcast before or in person, but I too once had really terrible panic attacks mm-hmm. and I couldn't identify them. I didn't, I, to this day, I still don't know what my triggers were, but it was to the point where I would panic because I, uh, I would think that something was going to happen to me Yeah, and I, and I didn't want something bad to happen to me, meaning I wouldn't even be able to get in my car and drive out of town <laughs> because I would, I would panic as soon as I would leave like city limits and I'd think like, okay, what, what if I can't breathe? And like, what if I'm far from a hospital? And like, I had the weird, most weirdest thoughts in the world. Um, and yeah, no, I, I get that. And I've been super lucky in life that I get that, but I never get to the point where it's a reality in my brain where I'm, I'm like, what happens? I'm, I am is, able to tell myself, shut up. You're being stupid. That's outrageous. Exactly. <laughs> Yes. And, and, and it's really difficult to get to that point. Oh, and man. what happens is uh, <laughs> I once had a conversation with a doctor who it wasn't even related. We just started talking about this. I, I needed a, a prescription for antibiotics. I had like a really bad cold or chest infection. Mm-hmm. And we started talking about this and he explained to me, he said, creative people um, develop anxiety issues and panic disorders because they are creative people. And what happens is they always uh, are able to arrive at a conclusion about something before it even happens or will happen or could happen. Meaning that when you board an airplane in your head, you've already uh, visualized the engine blowing up and the wing separating, the fuel leaking out, you know, and, and all this panic is now taking you over it. Your, you notice your, your shoulders are, kind of like shrugged and uh you're tense and if you can actually sort of have an out-of-body experience and step back and realize that hey dude relax and take a deep breath nothing's gonna happen cool 
you, you can actually get through it yourself without any help of uh, medication or meetings or anything. But a lot of people have a hard time doing that. And the number one reason for that is it's the creative brain. And, and that's why a lot of photographers, artists, musicians, a lot of people in the creative field are the ones who experience the anxiety and the panic. And it's really it's really difficult to get past but you know you have to do your best now i do have like a top 10 list of how to get motivated and things you can do in your daily life to stay to stay motivated but i'll i'll talk a little bit about what motivates me and um after having this conversation with this doctor i realized okay he's absolutely right all of this is in my head why am i creating these things let's take um Let's take a look at my um, overall life. And what I realized is I was working too much. I was working 60 to 80 hours a week. And the reason I was working 60 to 80 hours a week is I was in a really bad relationship at the time. And uh, my partner at the time expected more, more money, more things. You know, let's get this house furnished. Let's get... uh, Let's get newer cars. Let's get a fence around our yard. Um, it's it was always let's get let's get let's get. It was always let, we need more. We yeah. need better. We need we need newer. Uh, we need more money. We need more money. We need more money. And and I I thought okay the only way to get this is to do more work because I'll get more clients. I'll get more money. And I I really kind of spiraled uh, until one day I realized okay this is this is a, a huge problem because life is finite Mm -hmm. (laughs) at some point um it ends and the sad reality is it's it's really just too short and this kind of clicked in my head when my grandparents uh on my mom's side uh both passed away within a couple years of each other and i didn't even get a chance to see them for almost 10 years before they did because they were in ukraine and it was one of the biggest regrets I had is not going back to Ukraine. I, I really wanted to photograph my grandparents. Just I wanted to spend time with them and I wanted to take a really cool portrait of each one of them. Um, because it was something that really meant a lot to me and I never got a chance to do it. And I realized that I didn't get a chance to do it. Was for The reason I didn't get a chance to do it was because I made myself too busy with things that didn't matter. Because if you ask me today... Would you rather spend a week with your grandpa um, before he passed and take that portrait that you wanted to take of him? Um, or would you rather have a new car? I mean, some people might be like, well, I'll take a new car. I hate my grandpa. <laughs> oh, for me, I, I, <laughs> for me, I would take a, a crappy jalopy. Uh, I would trade it in any day. Um just to have that opportunity, you know, uh, because those are the things that are important to me. And I, and I started realizing that there's more to life than just work. Now, funny, because we are selling, quote unquote, selling uh, a, a photography business here. Um, we are, we're telling people how awesome it is to be your own boss, uh, run, run a photography business, things like that. Yet here I'm saying, like, take the time for yourself, right? Uh, don't, but, but that's, that's what you got to do. You can't just, you can't just put all your uh, time and effort into it. Um, and I see a lot of my colleagues in this area who have two, three, some even four children who are photographers, who literally spend 60 to 80 hours a week working on things. Mm-hmm. So 
What I recommend is if you are listening to this podcast is rewind to a, couple, a, a bunch of episodes back where we talk a lot about outsourcing. Outsourcing will give you a piece of the pie rather than the whole pie. But because you outsource, you're going to have a lot of time to spend with your children and your family members. And you're going to have a lot more pieces of the pie that will equal up to way more than just the whole pie by itself. If you just have one pie, so to speak. Yeah. Now, now I want pie. I'm, I think I'm <laughs> also going to plug the like calendar and organization episode mm-hmm. that we did. And I think those two episodes will help people like sort of get a handle on their schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, but where does it come into mo- motivate? Like how, how does that help you stay motivated? Well, here's, here's how it helps you to stay motivated. At some point you're going to have to go back to work. At some point, you're going to have to you're going to have to meet with clients and uh, fulfill their orders, etc. But knowing that when you're done work, you get to spend time with your family or do something that you really want or love is what's going to help you get to that work, get it done so you can you can go home and and do other things. So what what really um, what I'd like to do, you know what, I'm going to do my top 10 uh, or my, my, my list of 10 things that you need to do in order to do this. Um, but uh, before I get there, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm having random thoughts now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so let me collect them and uh, <laughs> kind of finish, finish talking off the top of my head a bit. <laughs> and then I'll get to my top 10 list. Um, but what motivates me to go back to work is half of it is the passion that I have for the art and the craft that we're in. I absolutely love creating images. Mm -hmm. When you take a picture and expose a frame and you look at it and it looks how you intended it to look and you see the beauty in what you're trying to capture, it, that in, that's 50% of the motivation right there. There, the other, the other, uh, 50% of that motivation is, um, wanting to do it. I, I have an actual desire and want to be here to do it. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that I've experienced other things. I've, I've been a sous chef. I've made my way up from a dishwasher to sous chef in a kitchen. And believe it or not, I, I told you, um, I had come here 25 years ago. I was 12 years old when I came to Canada and within three months I started working as a dishwasher at a, uh, restaurant in Chatham. Within three years, I, um, I worked my way up, going to school and working all my summers there to the position of a line cook and short order cook. And eventually I got a key to the restaurant. And when I was 15 years old, I I would open the restaurant on Sundays um, at, uh, I'd be there at 8 a.m. and uh, we would start serving breakfast. uh, And uh, I was by myself until 11. So for three hours, believe it or not, I was a 15 year old making this place run. And I was, I really liked it. Uh, I worked for another almost five years in the industry, working my way up to sous chef and possibly even thinking about culinary arts and going into it and owning my own restaurant. Uh, what happened was, uh, I discovered photography and I wanted to go into filmmaking. Um, and because I was able to try different things and new things, 
I was able to make a decision based on what made me happy that at that time. Because at some point I realized that working in the kitchen was a little frustrating, was a little stressful, was a little tiring. And even though I really loved the industry, it wasn't really for me. It's something that I could do sort of on a managerial role or ownership role. But I, I personally don't want to be in the kitchen anymore. Um, like, a, that, you know, kind of the novelty wore off. And realizing this at a really early age, um, from, I was able to try about 15 other things. Uh, in my teens. Um, I worked for a consulting firm. I worked for an architectural design firm. Uh, I started when I was 19, a graphic design studio with a partner and ended up selling that business as well. Um, I basically did a lot of different things. Um, I had uh, published uh, photos on magazine covers when I was 19 years old. And a lot of these things helped me identify what makes me happy day to day. And it happened to be uh, still photography. So by entering this field, by uh, immersing into it, I knew that this is something that I'm going to want to do for the rest of my life. Hence why I went to uh, Fanshawe College to get a photography diploma and followed up with a uh, uh, major in commercial photography as well. And all, all was all was good <laughs> except when i graduated i kind of hit the ground running i got myself a studio i start i got myself a ton of clients but then i started to overwork myself and i found that when i overworked i just couldn't be motivated so like i didn't i didn't want to wake up and go to work anymore do you know what i mean yeah um like I would, I would have preferred to stay in bed, kind of like you didn't want to go to university classes. Yeah. Um, it was, that, that was me. That was it. So a lot, a lot of it. Um, uh, and, and the biggest issue is that we look for, uh, we look for motivation. We try to, we try new things. We try to redecorate, uh, our offices. We try to, uh, maybe change the music and we try to maybe change how we get to work, what we do at work. But there's a lot simpler way to do this. And you kind of hit the nail on the head earlier when you said that you love to get out and live your life. And funny enough, I feel that by having that outlook, it will actually help you stay motivated to go to work and get work done. And so now I, I feel I can get to my top 10 list. Um, number one might sound really stupid, but hydrate. By by staying hydrated, it will make you smarter. That's that's literally it. It'll make you less hungry. It'll make you everything. But believe it or not, by drinking enough water every day and staying hydrated, it will actually make you uh, make smarter decisions. Um, second is eat well, and you you touched on that. How how eating well is yeah. really good for you. And third one is exercise. Um, hydrate, eat well, exercise this part of the regime will help you actually live a happier life and will help you stay motivated, not just in your work life, but in other things you need to do, like cleaning your house, <laughs> uh, you know, clean, clean, cleaning up, right? Which will, again, release endorphins. It will just help you overall. Number four, and it should really be number one, but um, number four for me is meet new people. <laughs> And we're lucky as photographers, we get to meet new people all the time, but we meet them in a capacity of a client relationship. 
I'm talking about meet new people who you can introduce to your circle of friends. Um, and then number five is do things with them. So uh, meet people who have common goals, common interests, and uh, basically things in common with you. Not necessarily photographers. They could be in a completely different industry, but th things that you can relate with them and do things with them. Um, I recently became a member of a group on Facebook that's um, basically full of local dads. Mm -hmm. Today, uh, we're having a beer night. And this is uh, happening in, not even in London, it's happening in St. Thomas, which is a 30-minute drive for me. But uh, there's a bunch of us from London that are going to meet the St. Thomas dads. And really, when it comes down to it, the what brought us together is the Facebook group that allows new dads to kind of get a little bit of support, um, kind of a fist bump to say you got this, right, yeah. from from other guys who have gone through this, some of them have three, four, five. One guy even has eight kids. Um, He's been a great, busy. <laughs> <laughs> there's a great exchange in knowledge, but also items. Like we actually got a stroller and a car seat for free. Nice. Yeah. Um, and this is an Upa baby stroller with a bassinet that currently costs twelve hundred dollars. Yeah, I know it's ridiculous. <laughs> I'm sorry, but baby and, stuff. I'm always like, why is it so expensive? <laughs> You're just gonna get rid of it. I know, and, and I'm going to pay it forward too. When I'm finished with it, I'm going to donate yeah, it to the next time. That's right? brilliant. And. Um, we got a car seat with two car adapters. So one one went in Hannah's truck, one went into my Volvo, and um, we can actually just click the car seat whenever we want. And the car seat is good for another two years. It doesn't look used. It looks brand new. And, I mean, it literally costs me a $25 Starbucks gift card. Mm -hmm. And I'm if <laughs> I, I will probably use this car seat until it's expired, and then we'll have to get a new one. But... The fact of the matter is that this this network of people has been so helpful that like just the amount of goods I've mentioned so far has been about fifteen hundred dollars worth. Yeah. Not to mention another one of the guys had a dresser he was getting rid of, and we were I was looking for a dresser to use as a changing table, and I picked it up from from him. I repainted it with chalk paint. It's now a change table for Mia. <laughs> like. And it's, this isn't the reason why I joined it. I actually give back quite a bit. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of printing for these guys. Uh, I donate a lot of money to a lot of the good causes that they're doing. And I feel good about that. But the number five, do things with them. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm going to go and do things with these guys because I'm going to talk to people and I'm going to hang out with them. Yeah, I want to comment on that, actually. Yeah. So you said, like, meet new people in a friendly way and do things <laughs> with them. So um, <laughs> I've been meet like, I, I think I've said this before on the show. I'm shy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's kind of difficult to meet people. <laughs> I'm very introverted, um, unless I'm working. And by that, I mean shouting at you to look at the camera. <laughs> um, but yep. I've been meeting people, especially through ball the last few years and mm -hmm. even recently. And I've been meeting some like really nice people, which is awesome. But I'm finding myself like going out to my friends' ball games and stuff. Like I'm not playing. I'm just going to socialize and hang out yeah, with people. That's, and you need to do that. And, um, 
Saturday after our tournament, my friend was going to watch her boyfriend play, and I know a number of the guys on her boyfriend's team now, So, because um, I've been watching them in own sound. So we drove an hour out of our way to go meet them at their tournament, and then I hung out there for a while, and I'm we're walking up to the tournament, and don't I just know a number of people there? And I'm floating <laughs> around to different groups saying hello to everyone, and everyone's super friendly. I mean, it's it's ball, and it's, like, social. So obviously well, there's some drama there with various yeah. people, but, like, I'm socializing with people and just having a fun time chatting, and, and yeah, <laughs> it's kind of nice. <laughs> it's fun, eh? Yeah. Well, well what's going to happen, mm-hmm. too, is that... Um, what I'm what I mentioned earlier about being creative and having your brain fill with uh, all kinds of negativity and giving you anxiety uh, and everything like you're you're going to you're gonna you're going to keep yourself from doing a lot of these things mm-hmm. and funny enough by getting out and doing this it's it's actually going to reverse it well it's funny you know? like I said there's like drama with people there but it, I mean you meet enough people you have enough people to be social with. You don't have to deal with that drama stuff. So while there's a bunch of people there who are bickering amongst each other, I can just up and walk away and go socialize with someone who isn't bickering with anyone. Mm. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah. And you don't have to deal with that frustration stuff. Like when people are not treating you particularly well, you can be like, you know what? I don't have time for this. And you can go... Mm-hmm. You can go socialize with other people or go work on something else. And, you know, that <laughs> negative stuff doesn't have to consume your time. Well, I, I'm only on number five. Right. What's number six? I'm, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to scramble the, the six, seven, eight, nine, because it's, it, I'll, I'll make it relate to what you said. Number nine was uh, play a sport. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and it's not because of you and you, because you play ball, but literally, uh, go pick up a tennis racket yeah. and and meet somebody who's into it and just go and rally for half an hour. And like you will feel so much better mm-hmm. about yourself, about your day, about just I know it sounds stupid <laughs> and, and kind of like sounds like a little bit of a waste of time when you can be like, oh, but I can get my client's photos done. No. Get yourself out yeah. there and do that. Yeah. Or if it's um, like, you know, join a hiking group or something, ah, right? Stop it. Sorry. Stop it. <laughs> Number eight yep. was uh, get a hobby. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that could be the hiking group. It could, it, could st- it could be active. It could be physical. It could be, it could be knitting. I really don't care. Um, <laughs> quilting. Quilting is huge, quilting. man. Quilting is huge. There you go. Join a quilting, quilting group. <laughs> um, you can join a local... Uh, gun association and go shooting oh if God. you want. Um, <laughs> you can, uh, or archery, or right, or hiking with people, whatever. Well, there isn't really hiking's not really a hobby, is it? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. fishing. Oh man, fishing's a hobby. Yeah, but I think um, fishing is like a more of a solitary thing. So <laughs> it doesn't have to be. No, I guess it doesn't um, have to be. Yeah, I'm not saying but, but, the solitary thing is bad. And when I when I talk about getting a hobby, it doesn't have to be exactly. a, a public thing, right? It can be. This is this is something that you do that's not your business, that's yes. not photography, and that's not chores. I'm talking like for me, that's woodworking. Yeah. I will go and like the other day, I made um, a tray uh, that uh, it's an upside down tray, 
And <laughs> sorry. Okay. <laughs> Tell me more has, about this upside down okay, train, so, Petro. All right. It's a concept that I that I worked on in my head for a couple of years. And I thought about it and I was like, so when you have a group of people over and they're sitting on the deck. Okay. So I, ha- I had a few people come over on Sunday. They're sitting on the deck. And when I needed to bring stuff out to them, uh, I, I barbecued some burgers. Uh, they, they had a couple of kids here too. Uh, I needed to bring condiments. I needed to bring um, uh, other things. I needed to bring snacks and I needed to bring uh, drinks. I wanted to bring out some beers that I, that I had in the fridge. And I literally had to make like seven trips. I'd mm-hmm. go to the fridge, grab a few things, walk out. And I thought, okay, well, I can get a tray and put things on the tray and bring them out. Or I can get like... Um, uh, a bucket, like whatever. So <laughs> my uh, my upside down tray, it's um, picture like a long skinny board mm-hmm. with six hole, round holes in the middle mm-hmm. and two square holes on each side. And the square holes have, um, you can drop a bowl into them, like square bowls. Mm-hmm. And they have a bottom, okay? And it fits perfectly on a shelf uh, front to back of my fridge. And what I can do is I can take this tray I can put the plates inside it to put in the fridge. Mm-hmm. And then I can put uh, into the six holes, I can put six beer bottles <laughs> okay? or, or pop pop bottles, whatever. Pop cans will fit in there too. Or beer cans. And um, if I make uh, like chips and dip or veggies and dip or whatever, I can put the veggies already in there and I can put the dip already in there and it could be ready to go and the beer is cooling off. So then when I need to go outside, I can just grab it and bring it out. Now, it doesn't seem like it's solving a huge problem, but for me, it was about making this. It was about bringing the concept to life, right? And like I said, it might seem like really, really simple or really, really stupid. For me, it's about the the bowl that was sitting in the fridge, it's cold, so it's going to keep the veggies and the dip lo- colder longer. And if you use it for something else, well, you don't have to keep it in the fridge. But mm-hmm. it's literally kind of like uh, take it out and go with it. Yeah. Again, these things might already exist. I never actually researched them or Googled them. I just went ahead and made it. And if I remember, I'll take a picture <laughs> and send it to you, okay? Um, and then you can tell me what you think about it. It's not the most beautiful thing in the world. I haven't even finished uh, staining it or anything. I just made it because it was a concept I had in my head. And I did it by myself. Like I said, it was a very solitary thing. But that's my hobby. Woodworking is my hobby. It's what makes me, it's what motivates me to go and get my work done, uh, whether I have to uh, go photograph a house and get the photos edited and get them to a real estate agent or go shoot a wedding or whatever. Um, family session, anything like that. This, the, the, the one makes me motivated to go do the other. Funny enough. Um, you, you have to get plenty of sleep. Mm -hmm. That's actually number six, but it could be anything. And number seven was try new things. Oh, this, this really, (laughs) I want to talk about this too. Get, step out of your, uh, comfort zone and try new things. Um, like, I have to say that time, you mentioned time management podcast, uh, the episode we did on time management Mm -hmm. and calendar, it's going to be super important because it might teach you to actually take time off and make you work smarter and not harder, right? By what I mentioned earlier, outsourcing, things like that. Mm -hmm. But it's also going to basically help you 
achieve my my list of the the ten things. Um, when I said try new things, you got really excited, so I'll let you I'll let you take over and oh. you can add your. Well, my try new things was about business, so. I have mentioned that I'm doing a mastermind and I'm kind of doing two of them. So I am doing this one with Ralph and Carolyn in the States who have, um, they host carbon based business units. Um, and that's fantastic. So basically they're, that sounds awesome. I know it's a podcast. You guys should go listen to it. Um, they, so they're taking a look at my business and like telling me where I can improve and stuff. And I ask questions and I talk about stuff and they give me new ideas. And also the person that I met with this morning, we just talk back and forth about business and trade ideas. And as I said, she's giving me some ideas that I never would have thought of on my own. Um, and I'm finding that like, this is just a great way to try new things. Hmm. So, cause I like, they're just telling me things that I never would have thought of before. So yeah, for so business like me, are you, are you telling me you met new people oh my and that God. you hung out with them oh. and that you tried new things oh and that it's having a positive effect on motivating you to do things in your business? I know. Right. It's You're crazy. Weird. It's crazy. Um, but yeah, like, consider joining i mean it's not a networking group a mastermind is not a networking group it's a little bit different but like consider joining a mastermind or you can make one on your own by meeting new people and hanging out with them what (laughs) (laughs) weird concept you're talking about that was what i wanted to talk about so you go now what what are you talking about (laughs) trying new things yeah like you, I tried, you got I it. tried curling once. It was hard. I got a bruise on my knee, but I was pretty good at it. Oh yeah, totally. <laughs> Do try things like that. Like, <laughs> um, especially if there's things you want to try, go and do it. Stop putting it off. Yeah. Uh, make, make a, make a point to schedule it in your schedule. Um, <laughs> you know what? And don't be afraid to look like an idiot. And this is one thing that I struggle with because I am, this is going to sound so cocky. I tend to be good at the things that I try, but that might be partially due to the fact that I don't try to do things that I'm not good at, um, mm-hmm. to the extent that I, if people are watching me, I won't do them. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, um, yeah, I was cutting wood with my friend Kevin the one day and he's like, yeah, like cut the wood, take an ax to the wood. And I'm like, oh no, no, you can't watch me do that. <laughs> So I just ended up piling wood. I didn't even cut anything. Like, (laughs) um, yeah, don't be afraid to look like an idiot when you try new things. Nobody's going to like make fun of you. Yeah. Any of the people who judge you when you're trying these new things. Yeah. Stop hanging out with them because they're not nice (laughs) people. Exactly. It's true. (sighs) Yeah. I mean, it'll happen, Hmm. but don't feel bad because other people are stupid jerks. Um, Yeah. Did you say number 10? Did I totally miss it? Number 10 is really simple and it's, it's kind of should be really number one. Uh, but it's, um, it kind of goes against what I said, but at Uh the same time it doesn't. And it's, uh, get into routine. Ah, right. Uh, so have some sort of a routine. So, um, and I'm not talking about scheduling. I'm talking about routine. So if you, if you 
do go to sleep uh, at a certain time. Try to keep that as best as possible unless something else comes up or you have a late wedding or whatever. Uh, make that part of your routine. Uh, when you wake up in the morning now, it's funny. I've read both things and I've talked to people about uh, this. The one the one side says make your bed. It will help you with uh, certain aspect of life, etc. Because it creates order in your life and it just it motivates you and mm-hmm. it helps you get focused. I talked with other people who say, um, don't make your bed. It, it will, it's actually better if you don't make your bed, if you get into an unmade bed. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into it too much because really you, you're either one or the other. Mm-hmm. There's nobody who actually, for me, what I, what I see, what I will say is if you're the type of person who needs to make your bed because it helps you, then do that. If you're the, if you're like me, yeah, doesn't make his bed then don't make your bed. <laughs> like, don't listen to Petro and I and say, I like their routine, so I'm going to do their routine. Exactly. It's, I mean, it may take you a little while to figure out what routine works best for you. And unfortunately, that routine is probably going to change a few times in your life. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's okay. Yeah. Especially if you introduce kids or... Yeah. Uh, but uh, having a routine will actually help with uh, the production of the good chemistry in your body and uh, make, you, make you happier overall. Yeah. And um, so there could, this could be like uh, taking a shower at night or versus taking a shower in the morning. This could be having breakfast. Uh, having some sort of a routine will actually make you happier overall and help you get motivated. So um, I would even suggest making a somewhat of a routine for your workday. Yeah. Actually, yeah. I wouldn't say somewhat. Make a routine for your workday yeah. at, at your business. So you get to work, you turn on the lights in your studio or whatever um you sit down answer look at the emails uh make a list of things to do um answer the emails uh close down the emails for for until until later and don't don't babysit your emails one of the one of the worst things that you can do is when an email comes in you run to to answer it i i personally have two times i look at emails it's 12 p.m so um, like two hours ago, I actually looked at some emails and another one is around four. Um, it's slowly been getting pushed back till about six, uh, only because I break my day up now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically, uh, it's 12 and four, meaning if I don't answer, if you email me at quarter after five, there's a really good chance I'm not going to see it until 12 the next day. Mm-hmm. And I do that consciously because i want to live a better life (laughs) so um you know having music on having a coffee uh introduce all these things into your routine and then don't 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 get upset if your routine breaks once in the blue moon you know it's not like it's the end of the world you don't have to be super ocd about it um but you'll be surprised at how fast your uh, time management skills improve and how fast your outlook on everything uh, increases uh, like it will be a positive increase uh, because it's going to help you stay on top of things and then you'll quickly realize that okay I only have <laughs> this is what I mean about routine if, it, if you want to get work done at 4 30 p.m. every day Get your work done at 4.30 p.m. every day and shut your business down. Mm-hmm. That's that's the time I shut my business down. Mm-hmm. So um, work, you know, 10.30 to 4.30 every day if you want to, and, and that's it. 
so so that you have time to meet new people do things with them um try new things you know <laughs> work on your hobby play a sport and it, it will it will really really change how you view your business and actually help you stay motivated so uh you probably thought that we were going to give you uh, other tips about uh you know sticky notes on your computer screens or nope. you know positive things you can write to yourself you know you got this posters all over the place <laughs> but that's exactly it it's it's not that's not what will help you get motivated those those are motivational tools whether they work or not is is up for a debate but if you implement things that Sophia and I talk about we somewhat guarantee um positive changes i'm sorry but i would say we guarantee positive changes if you are getting motivated and you are being productive and you're loving what you're doing you're gonna see progress it's just kind of how it works you have you have my guarantee you have my verbal guarantee i just don't have the time to write it down and stamp it and and sign it yeah no written guarantee but can you hear the lawnmowers Oh, I thought it was like a bug zapper. No. (laughs) So. The lawnmowers are going. That's okay. You probably heard uh, that my mother-in-law just stopped in. You may not have. No. Uh, But but she's here. Hi, Hannah's mom. (laughs) And um, um, you're in my headphones. She can't hear you. So we're going to, I'm going to go and uh, see what they're up to, but she loves little Mia. So she likes to hang of out course. with her. Um, <laughs> who wouldn't? Exactly. Um, and, I'm um, going to take a nap because it is my afternoon nap time. There you go. Part of, <laughs> part of your routine, isn't it? It is. <laughs> <laughs> and Which also, pisses and, off the new people that I know to no end, but they will deal with it. <laughs> well, and it helps you get more sleep. Exactly. You just cross two things, two things off your off the list. See how all of this is connected. <laughs> <laughs> you totally sounded drunk there. You're like connected. <laughs> I love it. I think you do need that nap. So, on that note, uh, thanks everyone for joining us and for the awesome reviews that we've received. If you have not reviewed us, do so please on the doubleexposure.show slash iTunes link. Um, if you have subscribed to our show, you may need to unsubscribe to find the link to No, no, us. you don't but have then, to unsubscribe. And then resubscribe. No, no. I, I don't know exactly how it works. You just go to your search. You search Double Exposure Show in iTunes and you go to that page. And then you can oh, okay. Don't unsubscribe, silly pants. Well, I just I just want them to resubscribe, so it looks like we have new subscribers. But I don't. Okay. We don't get to see how many subscribers we have. That's true. All we know is that our our downloads are growing, which means that you people are sharing stuff, and our community is growing, which means that you people are sharing stuff. That. So that's awesome. So yeah. Keep so sharing. keep telling your friends. Um, the fact that we're we're getting five star reviews is super flattering yeah. and very humbling but uh we want more uh the more <laughs> we get greedy. Uh, <laughs> we are greedy yeah i just want the stars <laughs> just right. the star. uh, no we want textual reviews yes so tell us what you we're think. up to we're up to 125 stars so far <laughs> uh i'd like to reach a thousand by the end of the year yeah that that means 200 reviews not a big deal yeah <laughs> that's doable um, yeah yeah we're only at 25 so far so let's let you know let's keep it going Yep. Um, also, 
You can find the show notes for this episode on doubleexposure.show slash episode slash 43. And if you haven't yet done so, you just heard us mention how awesome our community is and how big it's getting. Join our community on Facebook at the Double, Double Exposure <laughs> Show group. I'm starting to sound drunk myself. Neither of it's us been are a long drunk, episode. for the record. Yes. Yes. We are it, we're, we're over an hour and 20 minutes, which is freaking amazing. Um, yeah. It was supposed to be a short episode, as <laughs> usual. <but laughs> so I think I jinx myself when I say that. I feel like when you say a short episode, like we're aiming for like 30 minutes, and then we end up going more than 200% over that. Yes. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, as usual, our big, huge thanks to, uh, Benjamin Edward for the artwork. It's fantastic. I think that's what gets us all the listeners. I mean, look at it. It's freaking amazing. Uh, we're hot. Oh, and, uh, the music you're hearing in the background is uh, brought to you by Ben Sound. So if you have any topic suggestions, uh, requests or questions, uh, don't hesitate to get hold of us and, uh, let us know. We look forward to hearing from you. Uh, and for the rest of you, until next week. Okay, bye.